0: Hey guys, TJ here. Very excited to have you here from Noelle on this podcast episode. We're talking about trusting God during transition. And you'll hear from her as she talks about the healing journey, prophetic deliverance, what that means practically, um, just some of the process for her as she lives a lifestyle of hearing God's voice. Uh, You'll even hear her share a quick testimony about her physical healing there's just so much. She carries so much credibility in that she's gone through a lot of life experiences that have led her to a point where she can speak to them in a way that uh, that maybe somebody who hasn't gone through, the, through those experiences could speak. But she also carries authority from God. So credibility and authority, authority from God in the anointing that she has. Um, Noelle and I first got connected in 2019, and she was a client. And then about a year later, or a little bit longer, God spoke to me about her and she started transitioning to join the team. She has, um, I've just been a witness to her life over the last few years, and she has so much to offer you guys. So I'm really excited that you're able to hear from her. Um, many segments within this longer segment that you might want to listen to, hit rewind, uh, listen to again. Because there's just so much that we that we were able to get in in this session. So thanks so much for listening. If you do get value, please go ahead and share this with a friend, share this with a coworker, a family member, your spouse, um, and uh, and please leave a rating a review. I appreciate you. Today we have a special guest, Noel. Miss Noel, um, I have known Noelle for uh, about three years, now, three years now, which is wild. Yeah. Which is almost like almost exactly. And, um, and we met through Savannah, my wife via Instagram. Is that right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I, I knew I'd known Savannah for a while, uh, kind of, you know, watched her life a little bit from a distance over social media. And so she started posting some of your, your stuff. And I was like, who is this guy? What is he even talking about? And got connected
0: there. Yeah, I remember that. And and at the time, you know, I just want to give some people who are joining, I want to first say welcome and also give you some context for what we're talking about today. Um, I, I wanted to bring you on, Noel. one, just knowing you and your journey, you know, we can talk about how that started, like where where we crossed paths and, and how that evolved over the last three years. But just seeing you over the last three years, witnessing, watching your life unfold and and um, being a part of that journey, Savannah and I both, but just in, in, uh, in you and I and our relationship working wise, whether it was when you were a client or then when you were joining in, you know on the team, there's been a lot of um, things that have been highlighted to me about what you carry authority in. And I thought that today would be a good opportunity for you to share about some of those things, including the healing journey, trusting God, navigating transition, um prophetic deliverance as a part of a lot of what i just mentioned mm-hmm. um some of the practicals i do want to get to some practicals today to help people understand just how to navigate some of the whether it's uncertainty whether it's um just outright difficulty um whether there's physical you know ailment and stress oh. in the healing journey or whether it feels more like a mental fog or even like straight up, somebody's demonized and they they don't even know how to articulate that, what that looks like. Um, but how somebody can trust God, how somebody can actually practically do their part um, and and move forward in life. I think those are areas for sure that you carry so much authority in and credibility, authority and credibility being different, you know, authority being, I believe God's given you authority and anointing and some of these things. And then credibility is just, of course, you've walked through a lot of this in your own life So, you know, with that said, that's what, if you guys are joining, um, I think you guys have a lot to be receiving just from hearing Noelle's story and, uh, and just the things that she has, um, has, has gone through in her life and that she can offer tonight. So I would encourage you, please go ahead and share this with somebody. Um, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, hit the like button. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, because that helps other people know that they can watch um, what's available. They, that this is available to them. So, Noel, really quickly, yeah. just give me a quick rundown. Who are you? How old are you? Where are you from? You know, tell tell <laughs> people lovely. about yourself.
1: Yeah, thank you, and and thanks for you know having me on tonight. Um, I've you know seen you host some amazing just voices in on this space, and so it's really cool to see. The community that's being built up around it. Um, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, um, I'm Noel. I just turned 30. What? Um, so all the all the feelings and emotions that come with that, the good and the bad. I'm living it right now. Um, but I'm originally from Chicago. I I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Moved moved away for a couple of years, and then have actually spent the last five years living in the city of Chicago, and recently, past six months, moved out to the West Coast, California, um, primarily because God said to, <laughs> and also because there was opportunity to um, to work with you and also just see what else God had for me here. Um, biggest change since moving is that my life went from a much faster pace to a very, very slow slow pace and a tough transition, honestly, emotionally and the best choice, the best choice. So I'm excited about, yeah, what the next six months looks like here.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot that went into transition and maybe the best starting point is <laughs> kind of like, let's go back to 2019 before we <laughs> before we speed us up to today. Let's go back to 2019 because actually how we met was in your process of transition, right? Before, yeah. before we even um, had a, a phone conversation, where you said, "Hey, I'd like, you know, I, I'd like to do boot camp," or like, I don't even know what to do. What, what, what can I do with what you're doing? And um, before we had that, you were you were asking. I think I did q and A, Q&A, right? And it was on Instagram. It was like Q and A. Yeah, you would asked a couple of questions. So just let's go back to there. So what was happening during that transition time? That was so- 2019.
1: 2019. I was early 2019. Um, it was February when I messaged you on Instagram. I, February 18th, I can see it so clearly because what was happening around me was fairly intense and felt traumatic in that season. Um, and even while I was in it, I did not have the awareness to recognize, like I'm living through some really intense stuff. It was just a culmination of years and years and years of honestly trying to kind of hold hold these pieces together. Um, and early 2019, I hit the point where I really could not functionally hold the pieces together. Um, so early 2019, I had just lost my job. Um, I'd been working in the nonprofit space. And very suddenly, out of the blue, no longer had a job, no longer had an income. Um, Thankfully, just through my relationship with God, I had peace around that occurring. But I didn't have any clarity around what came next. And that timing of transition, there are a couple other things that wind up with with that. I mean, that alone would be significant. And um, I was also experiencing some loss in my family, um, watching family members navigate personal loss and... um, and if you had rewinded three or four months, I had just gone through really a significant spiritual experience that I didn't fully understand, which was I went through deliverance. I went through a, um, a very intentional process with God um, and with people who were you know, trained in ministering deliverance and went through what I consider a significant directional shift in my journey with freedom. And so I had experienced deliverance four months later, lost my job and kind of had this blank space to go. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to build from here. And at the same time, honor what I know God is doing in my heart. Like I know there's a healing journey. I know he wants to heal past experiences, current experiences And I know he's called me to something um, like great. And yet I don't have the tools or the skill sets to take a step forward. And so I reached out to you over Instagram. I was like, what do I do? And um, you very graciously responded via Instagram, via IG, like a step-by-step of here's what I would do. Like I would look at X, Y, and Z with your current job. Like, learn from it, be willing to receive from others and from God, um, and let him speak to you clearly about um, how to take the next step. And it was, I needed someone to hand me a step-by-step thing that I could follow because I couldn't really sort through um, all the unknowns on my own.
0: I think that part is key, right? When- And hang on one second because I want to make sure my my mic is still good. Yeah. Um, So when so I think that's key because when things seem heightened emotionally, Mm -hmm. right, we need to almost get get ourselves back to earth, right, for a second, so that we can actually move forward. Because what I think can happen is during times of transition. And heightened emotional intensity. We don't even know how to think practically. Everything is just emotional. Everything is just my feelings, and uh, and it's very hard to get to the facts. Like, what factually needs to be done here? And by the way, like, how do I even move forward with my life because my feelings are bringing up a lot of resistance. Heaviness, uh, confusion, even, right? So, just maybe like a couple practices. That was the first time of, of real transition that we crossed paths. Right. I think I gave you a couple like, hey, you know, the first question I remember asking was something to the effect of hey, like, you know, why did you even take that job in the first place? Like, what was it? What was your intention originally? And has something changed between then and now? Have Has anything factually changed Mm -hmm. between then and now? And I'm just paraphrasing from memory. But one of those revisiting questions like that, just one, can change our perspective to help us get more clarity and actually have in our feelings more peace. Yeah. Right? When we say, wait a second, I actually signed up for this reason, but now I'm here for this reason and they're not the same. Right. And so I actually feel better about leaving
1: yeah I mean, thing. and and part of that and I this isn't I don't share this to be like self-critical but in that moment I mean to be fully clear I had been let go from my job and so my perspective was like I have been wronged like there was a very valid response to feeling like there had been this unjust experience or unjust experience excuse me of um having been promised a future within an organization and then very suddenly having those expectations shifted and saying you know i didn't do anything wrong suddenly i'm no you know suddenly my future in this career path or my future in for me what i felt was a calling from god there's no open door here anymore and it's not my fault and i remember the question you asked really specifically was like can you get really real with yourself about why you lost that job and my initial response was you know well someone let someone called me up and said you're done (laughs) and through that process of reflection it became very clear that that was not the reason that i had lost the job The reason that I lost the job is because following the experience of deliverance, I had very clearly had come to a place with God where he's like, you get to make a choice about whose standards you live by. You can live by the standards of the world, or you can live by the standards that I've called you to. And those things for me were very clear. Like I was like, I know I'm called to authenticity. I'm called to um, truth. Honestly, I'm called to honor, I'm called to not strive. And so there's these these core values that I very clearly had in place um, that I cared about more than I cared about the values, or honestly the priorities of the organization that I worked for. And for me, when that came into contrast, I thought, I think they made the right call. (laughs) Like, I don't think it it was necessarily handled great. Um, But the truth is, is if you're running a business or an organization, um, it's your obligation to ensure that the people who work for you are committed to the vision That you're laying out for the organization and i had communicated through my actions and quite honestly my words as well to my boss and to this organization that i would continue prioritizing my own personal values or my own personal priorities even like rest and not striving and um, these different things which sound really good but at the beginning of a healing journey they were a choice to not be able to show up, to not show up fully in this role. And the people I worked for saw that and were like, you know, you can choose that and that's fine, but that means that this is not the time for you to be here. And so for me, that question you asked really quickly challenged me to shift my mind space from someone made a decision that I had no control over. And it affected my life negatively To No, I actually made a choice earlier than that before that to that, a choice I don't regret, quite honestly, I don't regret it. But that choice I made, let's say in October of 2018 had repercussions and the repercussions were that I communicated to the people I worked with that I was no longer a fit and I experienced the fruit of that. So, you know, I think it's kind of this, this shift of like, man, like I can't blame other people for this life change. I also don't have regrets around it, but now I'm now here's the pra- where the practicals come in. Now I have to look at it very honestly and go, I made a choice. This is the result. And now I have to make another choice. And that's where kind of the beginning of that personal ownership played in for me in figuring out where to go from there.
0: Yeah. And what's amazing is when you're humble, and I know this is a characteristic of who you are and when you're humble and you, I was just reading in Proverbs, how, um, I believe it's Proverbs 17. It might be Proverbs 18, but it was essentially, you know, deep is, is, um, the effect of rebuke on a wise person's heart mm-hmm. more effective than a hundred punches to a fool, and right. Yeah. And I'm not <laughs> suggesting there's rebuke here, but but there is consequence
1: mm-hmm.
0: and recognition of consequence to choices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think what people fail. To understand, I was just reading a Facebook post the other day from somebody that I knew way long ago over ten years ago and there was a there was a um, essentially like this personal discovery of I can't believe I was duped, deceived to believe in religion but then they had veered off into um, A number of other things that essentially showed me oh it's actually not clear what there is conviction about Mm -hmm. and so to me it was they went from one side of the pendulum to the other and on both sides are victim mentality which is i blame this person or this thing i blame this person or this thing Mm -hmm. but what you said the words that are really key here are personal ownership right in the middle Mm -hmm. right that's like righteousness with God in many ways I'm not speaking biblically that I have a scripture in mind I'm speaking from the standpoint of my own journey and what I've witnessed and I see is like God does ask us to take personal responsibility how do I know this because he gives us choices choose Mm -hmm. life or death Mm -hmm. right and he says choose life or death therefore then we have a personal choice and responsibility in our choices Mm. and he lays those out very clearly and what you're articulating is through your process of navigating transition, you had to look at the choices you made Mm -hmm. and you had to say, I actually contributed to this outcome.
1: Yeah. And, and what come, what comes to mind for me is actually a conversation I had last night where it's the, we were talking about the idea that if you go looking for justification for your feeling of being victimized, you will find it, you will find it, I can objectively and I I think you would agree, I can look back three years on that scenario and go, there were a lot of poor decisions made on, you know, where I potentially was wrong, fair. But it didn't serve me well, (laughs) moving forward to go looking for ways to reinforce that belief and to reinforce um, even my emotional response to feeling like I had been wronged Um, because that feeling kept me feeling powerless. It, It reinforced like, well, if I didn't have control over keeping or losing my job, How do I have control over anything else in the future? How do I have control? How do I know someone will hire me again? How do I know that I won't lose that position or opportunity? And it becomes a cyclical belief of what opportunities are available. And truly, I mean, this is really the core of it. We're talking about beliefs about others and beliefs about ourselves. But what we're really talking is beliefs about God and saying, is he really not in control of this scenario? Is he really at the whims and mercy of another decision maker in your life who, who can just blindside not only you, but the Lord? And the answer is absolutely not. And and that was something really significant that I experienced at that turning point was um, a, a mentor of mine had told me, you know, I was the job was stressful, I was trying to navigate it. And he was like, you know what? God can move you tomorrow. If God does not want you in this role, if he does not want you, it doesn't matter if we're talking about a job. If he does not want you in the city you're in, if he does not want you in the financial position you're in, if he does not want you in the relationship with you're in, he can move you in a day. And I heard him and I thought, cool. It's a great word. <laughs> You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. And three days later, that shift that he had, you know, suggested occurred. And I had to face the reality that this actually was under God's control. Um, and if I acknowledge, like, actually, I think God's the one who's in control here. I can't keep pointing the finger at someone else. Like, I can't keep giving that person all the responsibility and power
0: that really was never theirs to begin with. 100%, and I think I wanna uh, elaborate on that a little bit because we last week, and, and if you guys are listening on the podcast, you should go check out uh, the podcast episode. It's season nine, episode one on prayer and the three stages of your prayer life. At the end of that episode, I talked about the will of God and how to understand better the will of God. And what Noelle just talked about was the idea or the reminder of the will of God, which by the way comes in three forms. And what she's talking about is the sovereign will of God or the unalterable will of God. The unalterable will of God is there's really, there's nothing you can do to, to stop the unalterable will of God, right? However, there's also the preferred desirable will of God, like God's desires. Uh-huh. and there are things in life that are happening that God does not desire. And that's different than his unalterable will. His unalterable will is that redemption restoration will happen, Jesus is coming, second coming, all of that happening. But his desire, I mean, he's not happy that people are suffering, that's not his desire. He doesn't doesn't find joy that he had to send his only son to uh, die on the cross so that we could be reconciled and in relationship and connection with him. However, that was his unalterable plan. And it's important to know the difference between those two things. I just wanna highlight that because Noel and I in our conversation, that's understood. We've even had conversations about that. But if you're listening, sometimes I think it can be very um, misleading if you're listening, you don't have that understanding that there are some things in life where God's actually looking at it going, that's not in alignment with my desired will for your life. And I do ask you to change. Mm -hmm. I do ask you to make a choice. But what Noelle's talking about is Noelle's fully submitting herself to the Lord saying, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. And I just want to do the right thing. And I thought the right thing was staying here. And now that's out of my hands I'm powerless to do the thing that I thought you wanted, but actually, oh, you're in control. Okay. And I can rest in that. Uh-huh. And to me, I think that's really important because guys, like our heart, God measures our heart, and our heart's intent, right, is so important. And just to kind of bring back that point you mentioned, the the precursor to this whole thing of you in 2019 uh-huh. losing job, opportunity that you thought calling all of this stuff there was this deliverance moment and this deliverance journey happening so deliverance to me another word for it guys is freedom Uh so tell me a little bit about like that because i think people need to have an understanding of what that is why that's even relevant to this part of the conversation of you you know have realizing that hey there's a different set of values that God is asking me to live by than maybe what I had been living by and the agreement to work at this place under those previous values. Uh-huh. So what what happened? What was the deliverance thing and what <laughs> yeah. happened there?
1: Yeah, so um, I, yeah, I had spent, this was 2019. Honestly, I had spent the last 10 years prior. So from 2009, or a little earlier to 2019, end of 2018, when I had this deliverance experience, I had been pursuing God the whole time. Like there wasn't a year in there where it wasn't kind of at the forefront of like, okay, I'm hungry for more of God. Um, I want to experience his fullness. I know he has more in store for me. Um, and I'm not quite sure. Again, once again, kind of this question mark for me of like, how do I walk it out? And there was this belief that I think, you know, I've just always had this understanding, but I think through relationship with God, he's revealed it in increments. Um, And from listening to pastors or teachers or mentors, this understanding that life with Jesus looks like something like, it looks like something that there that he has freedom in store for his people. And I would hear this growing up. And I'd hear this as I got older, like he wants to set us free. And I would think like, okay, well I have some freedom. Like I, I, I had experienced physical healing in my life. I had experienced emotional healing. Um, I had, you know, seen him do amazing things in person on mission. Real quick. Yeah,
0: go ahead. Real quick. Physical healing. Like yeah. people don't know what that is. So tell me very like, what's the one minute physical healing story?
1: Yeah. Um, I grew up with, you know, a form of epilepsy, very small seizures in my brain that you would never know I was having a seizure, but it affected my ability to concentrate, to regulate, you know, processing social settings, learning at school, etc. Um, it caused a lot of pain in life because of just all the emotions that come with it. I was in high school trying to navigate a healing journey, medication, doctors, the whole thing. And, um, around that 2009, 2010 time, I got connected to a community that followed God wholeheartedly, believed in the Holy spirit, believed in signs and wonders. And, um, got prayed for multiple times no idea which one <laughs> worked i don't know it could have been in my room alone praying to god um but that year i had redone all of my testing for this ep- epilepsy and the results came back negative and, and that was pretty rare at that point um because people wow. who are young can grow out of this but by that point i was ni- 18 19 and um Got results back that this was no longer a factor in my brain (laughs) chemistry and um, absolutely attribute it to supernatural healing in a physical sense. Um, And so I'd seen God's literal active power. I had seen other people experience physical healing as well. So there wasn't a question mark for me of like, I don't know, does God really care? And does he really heal? And is freedom really his heart for us. I remember writing in a journal, God, I know that you that you are for healing, like, I know you want healing for us. I know you can heal. This is the big one. I know you can heal. I'm just not confident you will heal me. Like, I know you can. I don't know that you will. And I think that that is honestly, like, if you want to look at the trajectory of life, kind of this core thing that I've struggled with is there's never been a question in my mind of the capability of God, but there has absolutely been a question in my mind of the willingness of God and the character of God. And so for me, it was this journey of like, okay, I'm hearing these stories of what freedom looks like, but I'm still waiting to get back to neutral. I don't know if people on this call will resonate with this, but you're like, I've been chugging along. I've experienced pain. I spent all of this energy, time, money, resources, effort, just to get back to neutral, like just to get back to ground level, just to not be exhausted, just to not be in pain, just to not have like relational crisis. And I remember bringing this to God and saying, this doesn't add up. Like, this is not the gospel that I've read. Like, your gospel says you're going to, you, you have life and life abundantly for us. And yet I'm experiencing like, this is what you're saying. And this is what I'm experiencing. Like at what point do we get to ground zero and actually get to build something together? Like there, the classic, there has got to be more. Right. And so I hit a point in my life where I was like, I have been, Cycling through the same roadblocks, the same issues. Most of these were emotional. Most of these were mental health related anxiety. um, Like feeling like I could get close to neutral, but I could never get ahead. Belief systems. And honestly, I didn't have a language for a lot of it. I was just like, I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of hitting the same roadblock over and over again. Someone in my life suggested, hey, there's these guys and women. There's this group of people. (laughs) They specialize in helping people walk out deliverance. You show up, they pray for you, one clean swoop, which is how it happens for some people, not how it happens on others' journey. I know that's not your story, TJ. Um, But essentially, whatever thing the enemy has assigned to your life to kill, steal, destroy, right? That's what the enemy, that's like his whole game plan, kill, steal, destroy. Whatever his strategy has been in your life to destroy, like let's pray and get that thing, like have that thing be gone so that you can start at neutral so that when you heal, you see the fruit so that when you make a choice with God, you can move forward and not see that same resistance over and over and over again. Um, And so one of the things that comes up for me when I share this is like a lot of people ask the questions like, I can't tell what's demonic and what's spiritual and what's just me and what's my mental health and what's physical health and did I sleep enough or is there something trying to attack my life? And honestly, the truth is, is like, I'm not sure it matters <laughs> because at the end of the day, Jesus has freedom for us. And when he died on the cross, he covered all of it. He covered health relationships in the natural he covered spiritual powers in this in the spiritual like his blood covers everything and so sometimes we do have to say okay right now I feel like I'm supposed to address the spiritual or right now you know what my priority just needs to be to sleep great but at the end of the day I also don't think God's asking us to sit there and like nitpick our life in order to understand, but really once again to like trust that he's gonna lead us to the best method of experiencing that freedom.
0: Yeah. And there's so much in what you're saying. I'm gonna like repeat a couple things, maybe just elaborate on a couple of things. No, it's so it's so good. So um for one deliverance can be a a, a one moment thing but more often than not for people it's a journey deliverance is the process of freedom and For example, there can be something like exorcism where the actual demon comes out And you or demons more normally more than one coming out of you Manifesting out of you sometimes physically sometimes it's not a non-event. Sometimes people are vomiting sometimes that's the process of act one of this processes of deliverance is Mm -hmm. uh, being free clean spiritually and so during salvation this can happen for people when they're actually saved like in that salvation moment man they they repent turn back to god they say god i'm nothing without you jesus i follow you and uh, and i turn away from my sin and i turn towards you and so they repent and they get baptized and all these things and deliverance can happen and you can be free and like the fullness of salvation there's salvation enough is great but there's a fullness which is this, this deliverance and healing as well, right? And so that can happen, that deliverance process can happen, uh, that moment that somebody is saved, but it also can happen more than likely for a lot of people. It is a process that takes mm-hmm. out, It takes its place over time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what Noelle's sharing is one of her moments in time where mm-hmm. there was a significant intentional effort to say, whatever these patterns are, Mm-hmm. i've tried the physical because i mean just i'll speak kind of like in a summary here but i mean you because of the physical ailments that you had growing up were focused on on nutrition you know yeah. and you learned what your body needed and we're on top of that and you understood the importance of all these other things movement sleep all these other things mm-hmm. but there was this like other piece that just seemed like maybe I need to address this other spiritual element that I haven't considered, or nobody's really talking about. I don't have language for. And so somebody invites you to an opportunity to receive intentional deliverance in this case, prophetic deliverance where somebody doesn't have a list of all the things that you're encountering, you know, all the roadblocks, all the barriers and application with a million questions. They're just literally standing there going, Holy spirit, come. We want your manifest presence now. We know mm-hmm. that you are enough, Lord. You are enough. And mm-hmm. they're just inviting the presence of God to lead you into that freedom. Is that an accurate kind yeah. of representation? And
1: one thing I want to note as well for people listening, because this topic can get very, you know, people are like, "Uh, I'm still figuring out how to engage with it. If you follow Jesus, I can, I would bet, that you've experienced deliverance at some level, in some way. If you've ever had that moment where you're feeling fear, anxiety, tension, or you're feeling that overcast pressure and darkness and you're like, Jesus, I need your help. Like, and something shifts and you experience that feeling of feeling light. Like he is delivering you from that, that feeling of oppression and that experience of fear. So I just want to like demystify the words that yes, we are talking about specific demonic oppression, but it's not about you. I think that's one of the biggest things I experienced was I was like, Oh no, I'm going to go get prayer and everyone's going to know my stuff. And like, then they're going to judge me because they're going to be like, yo, why have you been carrying around all this demonic stuff? Don't you love Jesus? And the exact opposite happened where I showed up and was prayed for and got some clarity around what I had been experiencing. And then I recognized that Jesus doesn't look at the oppression. Like when he sees me, he's not looking at all of these failures, anxiety, fear, depression, Um shame, anger, and going, man, I really wish Noel would get her act together. He's actually looking at me going, man, I love her so much. I want to free her from the plans of the enemy, which are to oppress her, which are designed to cause her pain and really stand in the way of her becoming this person that I designed her to be. And so it to me, the experience, all those you know it it's a it's a journey, like you said, it's not just like a moment, but to me, that was a very eye opening thing to recognize that there was a difference between me, the person and this thing that I had been experiencing most of my life, and I always used language like. I'm just anxious all the time. I'm depressed. I I can never like get my head right. And it shifted to where I'm like, no, like I experienced anxiety. There was an experience of depression. This thing really tried to steal from me, but it has nothing to do with who I am. And it has really nothing to do with who God created me to
0: be. Yeah. I think that distinction is very, very important. One, the demystification, okay, so yes, there's like many ways that this looks and it can be as simple as the moment in time freedom of like, wow, I don't experience that right now and I two seconds ago did. Or, you know, it could be as significant as going away to a retreat where people are like trained in this and they do this thing and it's a couple of days. I was days.
1: Looking forward to it. I'll put it. I'll put it that way. I, I had a bad attitude the whole way there.
0: <laughs> and that's important for people to know too, right? That's important for people to know It's, And I'll be honest too, like my biggest moments of, um, of of free, I'll call them my freedom moments. Mm-hmm. My biggest freedom moments typically were precursor by my lethargy. I was super lethargic and was like I didn't want to go to this thing.
1: I kind of bored yeah. and also my my greatest uh not greatest the the signal that I'm aware of now uh fast forward 3 years is my uh, tendency to judge the people around me. Is like I show up in a room and I'm like, "Really? Got to deal with all of this? You guys have stuff." <laughs> You guys have issues i'm discerning i'm aware i have i I have spiritual you know eyes i can see what's going on i know they all have stuff and at the end of the day god's like yeah they're my kids that's why they're here that's why i am who i am because i am also leading them to freedom and so for me this like kind of conviction comes where i'm like man like lord I don't want to show up into an environment where you might have something for me and just shut it down or limit my ability to receive because I'm too worried about the people around me.
0: So I think that's a really that part right there is super important for people. When you're on your healing journey, um, something that is so important when you're learning to trust God, navigating transition, when you're on your healing journey, The question to be asking yourself, the question to be asking yourself, (laughs) I'm repeating this over and over again because it's so important. The question to be asking yourself is, in any given situation, at any moment, is this hindering my ability to receive? Mm. And guys, I'm telling you right now, whether the message comes inscribed on a brick that's thrown through the window or through a letter in the mail. If it says the same thing, it doesn't matter. It says the same thing. They, they can both say your house is on fire, but you have, to, uh, you have to be willing to read the message regardless of how it comes, right? Otherwise, you can find yourself in dangerous situations. And a lot of people right now a lot of people right now in the world are not willing to receive messages that carry truth simply because of the messenger and mm-hmm. the character of the messenger, the judgments that people make against the character of the messenger, uh, or the judgments that people make against the context of the message, whatever it might be. And I personally have experienced this myself, and this is re- in reference to Noel's comment about the judgment of other people. I have personally experienced this hindrance in my life. And the biggest breakthrough that I have had, or the biggest breakthroughs I've had have come when I laid down my right to judge the biggest breakthroughs I've had on my healing journey, the biggest breakthroughs I've had spiritually, the biggest breakthroughs I've had, um, even frankly, in working and doing coaching, uh, in marriage, in, um, a number of things the biggest breakthroughs have come when i've laid down my right to judge because in that moment i allow god to be god in that moment i allow god because i am discerning because god made me that way mm-hmm. right because i am discerning i allow god to help me discern rather than relying on my own judgment relying on my own predispositions the things that maybe i have been twisted Uh, or or led to believe by the enemy's agenda to steal, kill, and destroy advancement of the kingdom of God here on earth. Mm -hmm. When I allow God to do what he does best, which is to lead, I am actually led to truth. And more often than not, if I had allowed myself to make uh, decisions and judgments I, wouldn't, I would have never come to those conclusions that I come to. And some of those conclusions, by the way, look like my freedom. They look like my personal freedom. Some of those conclusions actually led me to a relationship with a woman who became my wife. Mm. So like, if I had allowed judgment to cloud my eyes, I would not have some of the things that I have in my life. And I think that's what Noelle is referencing when she talks about this whole freedom thing, which is, wait a second, in order for me to receive, I have to actually show up and let God do something. Uh Even though he made me discerning, I have to let him be the one discerning of what really needs to be happening. Uh And I think this is so important for people to hear right now because um, we are relying on our own wisdom too much right now. And I think it's very dangerous. Um, we're relying on our own wisdom based on what we see and hear in the natural with our physical eyes and our physical ears. And mm-hmm. God has something in the supernatural that will give us discernment beyond what we see with our physical eyes and hear with our physical ears. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the healing journey, by the way, the healing journey requires that. I believe the healing journey requires that because um, you know there's things that God knows about you that happened 14 generations ago that you carry in your bloodline physically and until you receive the blood of Jesus you don't actually have those things uh reconciled to him and and you can bear the consequences and it can be very difficult i'm speaking from my own personal experience i'm not projecting on anybody saying that anybody uh has that but it's these are the things that we need god to show us and lead us into into truth So, so I wanted to pause because I, I saw the camera was a little bit delayed. I want to make sure you didn't have anything else to say about that, Noah.
1: No, that's really, really good. And I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about, about, um, you know, if you're looking for someone to kind of justify or you're looking for something to justify your experience of, you know, or let's say my experience of feeling victimized. I can find it if I'm looking for it. And the same is true with judgment. Like you will find in people, the judgment you're, you know, the critical spirit that you are looking for, um, or looking with, and it will steal. Yeah. Steals from your life. And I think similarly, I think we've had similar journeys on kind of laying down that judgment, but laying down my right to be the judge of others has radically changed how I view relationship and how I view myself, because guess what? If you are looking around at the people around you with judgment, you are absolutely also looking at yourself through that same filter. And it's a really difficult standard to live by, to always have to live up to this standard of perfection or righteousness or your your, your view of what it looks like to follow God in the right way, um, you'll always fall short. And so Jesus is like, Hey, you don't, the only standard you have to live by and the only standard others have to live by is what I'm calling them to. And there's so much grace in that.
0: Yeah. And when, you know, if we just talk about it on a practical level, we're talking a little bit about spiritual discernment. Uh, I just want to, uh, answer this question from Clary-Ann. She said, you know, do we talk more about that on the podcast or another stream? We talk about spiritual discernment, I think, every week. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if I've ever explicitly said spiritual discernment, but the mm-hmm. podcast is called Mindset with TJ and, um, and you can listen on the podcast. You can listen for what kind of discernment um, you can be having practically I mean, that's the goal here is that in your mind in your in in the the renewal of your mind, you are transformed right and the Bible tells us you can be transformed by the renewal of your mind so my hope is that even by listening right now, you are receiving something that is that is refining your spiritual discernment because mm-hmm. our goal is to really we want Holy Spirit to lead like and and if Holy Spirit's leading, then we're having the discernment we need mm-hmm. and so I would say. One of, the, one of the practical things to be doing is surrendering, right? Surrendering is really enlisting yourself. People think surrendering is giving up. Surrendering is actually stepping into. It's a military term that means to actually enlist. Mm. And so to surrender is to enlist yourself into the, uh, into what I would call, you know, the army of God, but really the, the leadership of the Lord and in Holy Spirit leading your life, mm-hmm. which, which requires you to have some space to let Him speak into your life about things that are happening, whether it's in your physical home environment, whether it's in your heart, in your mind, in personal relationships, as you're navigating transition, like is talking about, you know, and she went through this deliverance journey, realized maybe there's some different values that she's having, that she's discerning, because of this freedom that she'd got. And then the consequences of that being that the job no longer aligned with the values that she was living her life by. And so as a result, guess what? Job and her go separate ways and the journey continues, but still Holy Spirit leading her to the next thing. And the next thing doesn't always look like, Hey, this is the one job you, your job went this way, and here's the next job right now. And it's a perfect date, like perfect date it left, perfect date it starts. So tell Um, me about the uncertainty. Yeah. Tell me about the uncertainty, processing that, trusting God in that journey.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. There's so much there. Um, Yeah. So I go to, I go have this deliverance experience. Nothing super exciting happens, it's just prayer. And there's no flashy experience. There's no like moment from God, the heavens opening, right? I just, I experienced prayer. And the biggest shift I could describe is that, which is interesting. We're talking about spiritual discernment is that my spiritual awareness, which I is a gift on my life. I have, I'm aware of what's going on spiritually. I'm aware of some of what God's doing. It just got really quiet. I experienced maybe peace. I'd call it peace if it felt really good, but like it was just quiet. And I remember being like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm gonna trust God. And so um, fast forward, I show up in my job a little bit differently, essentially not trying to prove myself and convince everyone around me that I was like the best employee ever. Um, And stopped trying to prove that and um, transition out of this job. And I'm there sitting and going, okay, I don't know what's next. And I felt like God said, you know, hey, like, I'm going to open doors for you. But right now, I just want you to rest. And so I decided that for the next two or three months, I wasn't going to go in search of a job. I wasn't going to... um, really like go online, job search, email everyone I knew, you know, work my net- network. I was just going to rest. And that was really easy to say the first couple of weeks. I think I slept for like a few days on end. Um, but then as I continued, resting became more and more uncomfortable because I didn't have a plan and I felt really out of control. And the trust and confidence that this was all part of God's plan began to fall apart. (laughs) And I suddenly realized like something needed to change um, or I wasn't going to, you know, have the finances to pay for my life. And so um, I think the scariest thing for me in that process was feeling out of control and feeling like I didn't know how to solve the problem in front of me and wanting to honor God through the process but not really having a solution so that's when I I, I asked um, well I started talking to TJ about working together and then I very quickly told him never mind um, but started getting some coaching and that kind of jump started the process of me recognizing that God cared a lot more about my heart than he cared about my job and that was a painful realization because I really wanted the job to be solved I really wanted the career to feel stable I really wanted not for the sake of just making money but for the sake of feeling like I was doing the thing that I was called to do I was really into the whole like I have a calling I have this thing on my life you know i I'm made for a purpose. And those are all true statements. And yet to me, that was a greater priority than really just letting God heal me because I was like, well, you know, cool, you can heal me, but like, what's the point, you know, and that in itself very much showcased that I had some work to do around my self value. (laughs) And, um, so that jump started the process of recognizing that maybe Chicago, you know, it was not the best environment for me. Um, And slowly going on this process of surrender where I had to let go of the idea of what I thought God wanted my life to look like and really what I had built up my life to look like um, and surrender it because I had to make the decision that, um, that, submitting fully to God was more important than feeling like I had it together in other areas of my life.
0: Yeah. So I'm here and you started recognizing maybe the things that you'd set your eyes to physically or the things that mattered to you in the natural weren't uh, as important as what God was showing you in that process of you trying to pursue those things. Mm-hmm. So it was like, Hey, I know you really want this. Like you really want the car. You know, it's like I almost feel like a parent telling their child, It's like, I know you really want the car. I know you're 16. I know it's <laughs> the time to get a car. Yeah. And I know everybody else is driving. Mm-hmm. But I actually care more about the fact that you are invested into mm-hmm. the way that we do things around here, which is maybe how you treat your parents. Mm -hmm. how you treat your siblings how you treat yourself Mm -hmm. how you choose to use the car Mm -hmm. uh maybe it's just the fact that you are taking care of business at school you know i think about a parent being like i know you want the car but it's all these other things that matter before the car because the car is a responsibility in and of Mm -hmm. itself and with it comes so many other things and so before that thing are these other things And I just want to talk about that for a minute. And it's like in our 16 year old self, we're going, "Nah, that's, I just want the car, please. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, that describes it. Like I was, you know, living in a really amazing city surrounded by amazing people who were all kind of in this like momentum phase of their career. And I had just, you know, finished a job in a really high intensity environment, you know, was public speaking all over the place. And I was like, that's a sign that I am, you know, doing something of value. And I think God really was like, great. Like, that's awesome. But if I keep giving you the things your heart desires, like you will destroy them (laughs) with how you currently manage your your life and that sounds so harsh like i that's not that's not like my intent to be like god looked at my life and was like yeah you're screwing it up but he knew that my current pattern of life was to control everything that came into my sphere like con- i controlled my relationships i controlled my family dynamics my friend dynamics my work dynamics you know with great intentions. And God was like, you know, Hey, like if I keep leading you into these good things, you will not get to experience the fruit of them because like the control that you're approaching this stuff with isn't benefiting you, you know? And so I had to kind of recognize that and go, Oh, like it's only worth having the things that I desire. If, I can do it in a way that actually lets God bless them, like actually allows God to bless it. And that looks like what we were talking about last week or what you shared last week, right? Like approaching life with that open hand and saying, I'm ready to receive, but also when it's time to receive, I'm going to keep my hands open and allow God to do what he wants to do and not have to control it in order to feel safe,
0: protected, you know, secure. 100%, and that strategy of control is what we use when we're trying to protect ourselves from core wounds that we've experienced in our life, uh, like traumatic experiences over Mm -hmm. time that we haven't healed from. I do wanna answer a very quick question. Uh, There's a question about, does God have feelings? If you believe we're made in the image of God, I do, we do. And um, if you believe God is a person, Jesus, and if you believe God is the the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, if, if you believe that that God for God so loved the world, He sent His only Son. Love is a feeling and a choice. Love is a feeling and a choice, and I do believe God has feelings. And we're we're talking about God the Father, talking about God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, uh, triune God in one, one true God, and that God having feelings or affection for his children, right? And so that understanding is foundational to having a relationship with God. But many people won't understand that if their relationship with God came through religion or through parents who never showed or had healthy emotions. So I think it's very important to understand that as a foundation when we're talking about all of this stuff because Noelle's very much talking about God's affectionate heart towards her. She has the foundation and understanding that God has a character. God's not this uh, cerebral thing, nebulous thing. He's a person. He has a character and we're made in his image in the original design that he's created us in. And he's restoring us to that original design and image of him. And Mm -hmm. each one of us has Uh, parts of God, I believe, that are different parts, like the body, a hand, a foot, eyes, ears, we have different roles, Um, but all these roles show us, they show us about who God is as a whole. And so if you're listening and you're saying, gosh, you know, this makes sense to me, but like, I don't understand God the Father thing, or this affection towards somebody, like how can God have feelings about your life, or even how can God consider your decisions? Well, it's because God's a Father, and he cares deeply about his children, and he wants to be included and acknowledged in all things. And so when you invite God into your life, when you say, Jesus, I turn from the ways that I've been thinking and living, and I want to actually follow you. I want to submit my heart and follow you. I want to submit my mind and follow you. I want to submit my body and follow you. I submit to you, Lord, and not the things that I have submitted to in the past. When you do that, uh, there's a very powerful shift in the way that you approach your life and, um, and it's really it's not those who just call Jesus Lord, it's those who actually do the will of God. It's those who do the will of God. In order to do the will of God, you got to understand who God is. you got to invite him in, you got to acknowledge Him and listen to him. Not just talk to him and tell him all your problems, but you got to listen. and Noel's talking about listening. you know what your, your process, is very revealing of something that you do intuitively. I want to just touch on this briefly, but your process is very revealing of something you do intuitively, which is listening to God, right? And I think it's so important to highlight this because people don't even have an understanding for what that means, Noah, like as a lifestyle. You know, people go to church to listen to somebody talk about God. Like that's people's reality, right? You and I both know this. That was my reality and my upbringing I'm not uh there's not judgment on that it's just a reality like that's yeah. what I witnessed and experienced and it's very different than who I know God to be and I always knew there was something missing from that experience um, there's something of value in that experience but I knew something was missing in that experience and uh and it wasn't until I actually started um encountering God myself in personal relationship and then getting hungry for reading the Bible myself without Mm. anybody telling me to, that I got a real revelation of who God truly is and that he's in us and can speak to us and guide to us. And, um, And so like, what is your, what is your maybe kind of like lifestyle of listening to God look like? Cause you said you wanted to go after this job, practical. I think a lot of people can relate to this hey, here's the thing I wanna do, God, I wanna get married. Here's the thing I wanna do, God, I wanna go after the job. Here's the thing I wanna do, God, I wanna resolve the financial situation or the relational conflict or the whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But then you're telling me in your process of healing and resting and making decisions where you recognize you only have partial control, Mm -hmm. right? You recognize that God was trying to lead you to something different. He was leading you to recognize that there was value in rest Mm-hmm. and value in assessing how you assert control in your life. Mm-hmm. What does that process even look like to, to hear God? Yeah, it's a great question.
1: Um, yeah, so one of the ways that God speaks with me is it's definitely not a auditory thing. I. I don't often sit down and just hear God be like, Noelle, da, 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 da. Maybe if I'm writing out my thoughts, I will start to kind of have a thought pattern or a response that doesn't sound like me. It's not something I'd come up with. And I can recognize, okay, I think God's trying to say something and it can come out with words there. Um, But the biggest way that I, sense and hear God is really um, through certain feelings. And I'll try to describe this the best way I can. But when I was in that process of like, I really just want to go out and get this job, but I'm feeling and hearing that God is saying, maybe wait, like it's time to rest. And I didn't hear God audibly say, go take a nap. (laughs) Although I'm sure he'd be like, go for it. Um, I had a sense in my spirit. It was a sense of like almost resistance. Every time I would go to go get the job, I'd have this feeling of unease. And it's interesting. There's a difference between anxiety that causes fear, stress, um, condemnation, shame, spiral. We all know what anxiety feels like. There's another feeling that can kind of get, you know, confused with the two, but there's another feeling where it's a resistance and it's a feeling of stop. It's like the, you know, feeling of like, you're going to walk out on a busy street. You might get hit by a car and there's something that goes, wait, don't do, don't do that. And it's not a con, it's not a condemning feeling. It's a, a a sense of I need to pause I need to stop it's a safety mechanism and I felt God kind of remind me in my spirit like just wait and I'd be like okay I can wait that's fine and then I'd be like but honestly really it would feel better to like have some control over this and like go look for the job and I would get this sense of like almost like unease where if I cross this line and go against the sense that I have that I need to rest, I will be dishonoring God's presence in my life. And that's not to say God's not gracious. I, I have crossed that line. I have actually felt a sense from God and maybe discarded it because I didn't understand how to trust it and gone the other direction. And then I've quickly learned like, ooh, I'm not at peace I don't feel good this is not um, where I need to be right now okay Lord <laughs> please help me understand how to recognize your leading um, because I don't want to make choices even in my day-to-day that um, go against really what where there's peace and what you have for me and so it's been a trial and error of okay, I recognize this leading. I think it's from God. I'm going to try to follow it. Okay, actually, that's right. Like, I I feel a sense of peace. I feel his presence because I chose to follow his leading rather than step into my own striving. And over the years, that has become easier and easier to navigate um, because now it's pretty easy to tell when I'm, like, hardcore into striving and being like no god you can just take a back seat because i've got this and he's like well you can try and um it doesn't go well so yeah
0: it's not this element well there's an element that you're talking about of timing Mm -hmm. and god's timing is so powerful i remember the story of jesus and it's simon with the 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 idea of uh, jesus is saying hey well we got to pay caesar what caesar's do so he goes and he says, hey, why don't you, here's what we got to do then. You need to go to this place at this time, get this fish out of the fish's mouth. You can get the shekel, you can pay what what you owe and what I owe. Mm-hmm. And why does Jesus do that? Because he hears what the Father tells him. Mm-hmm. Jesus, being Jesus, he could have just said, ta-da, here's the shekel. But he says, no, go to this place at this time, this fish, and in this fish's mouth, Mm-hmm. is the shekel, it's the recognition that God's provision is perfect in mm-hmm. its timing when you're listening. Mm-hmm. And when you're listening, that's what Jesus was always doing, he said, I just do the will of my Father, I'm just listening, mm-hmm. I'm listening and obeying, I'm listening and obeying, he spent so much time with his Father, he's our Father, right, and he's he's listening and obeying. And that's so important to understand is like what Noel's talking about is cultivating the practice. Of listening and obeying. And guess what? How many times in a relationship with somebody do you have to listen for not only what they're saying, but mm-hmm. also to trust that what they're saying mm-hmm. is trustworthy?
1: And like, I mean, I think I think that brings up even just a really practical point that, like in my life today, right? I'm 30, I've been following God my whole life heard his voice for that same amount of time, even today, to me, the kind of alarm bell of I need to go rest, I need to go step away, is if I'm having a hard time hearing God's voice. If I can't discern what's him and what's me, what's my anxiety, what is he saying, you know, that's not his heart for me to be in a place of chaos. And so I go, oh, there's too much noise in my head. I need to step away. I need to go quiet my mind. I need to go on a walk. I need to take a nap. I need to take 30 seconds to breathe so that there's stillness and space for God to speak, if that's what he wants to do. And I think that a lot of times, myself included, I'm waiting for this voice from God to overcome my anxiety or overcome the chaos in my mind, which He can do, but I'm unwilling to recognize like that same noise, that same chaos is actually limiting my ability to hear God and make space for him to speak. And so... It's kind of, we're talking about personal responsibility. It kind of shifts that from, I need God to come in and solve the chaos in my mind to, I need to take control of the chaos in my mind so that I can honor God's voice in my life. And I would say like, if you're struggling to hear God's voice, then that's an amazing opportunity to quiet your mind and quiet your spirit to listen to a worship song or to get outside and go on a short walk because God does want to minister to you in that moment. And you have the ability to create the space for him to do that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really key for people to know is that you do have the ability. And somebody also mentioned earlier, you got to balance the physical and the spiritual. And by the way, they're both like nefesh is a reference to your soul, which means neck. It's a physical thing in the Bible. It's Hebrew word. And when you are referencing spiritual, you are referencing physical as well. And one of the elements of the physical that Noelle's talking about is like rest and separation and recognizing boundaries. Those are important, but guess what? And I want to touch on this because Noelle talked about hearing God's voice and the feeling that she gets. I want to touch on this. It's really hard to hear God's voice when your body is screaming at you because you're not sleeping or because you're not eating enough. Like a lot of people that I will have conversations with, they think that they're healthy because they're under eating because maybe they're living a more uh, stagnant or dormant lifestyle, Um, but what they don't realize is how much energy their brain needs and how much energy their lifestyle requires and demands of them and so they under eat and then they end up having their body malfunctioning. And it's really important to understand the separation of these three things. You can find it in Thessalonians, but it's really, we have the three-part, just like we have a three-part God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have a three-part body being, okay? So we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And so when Noelle's talking about the feeling, what she's talking about is a perception in her soul, a perception in her soul, because our souls, our mind, our will, and our emotions. So she's discerning in her will what she senses in her in her mind i'm going to change this word in our soul to heart uh because instead of emotions i want to talk about that in the physical with the body so the for the purposes of this i want to just highlight this our soul has our mind our will and our heart and the things of our heart god measures our heart he also renews us in our mind and so he uses holy spirit to join in our spirit and to influence what we can discern in our mind and in our heart for the choices and desires that we have in our life, from the spirit through our soul to our body. In other words, inside out influence. And that's what she's talking about is the feeling that she's getting. Because a feeling is different than your emotional visceral response that you get in your body. The emotional visceral response you get in your body is what happens when you see a lion and you just freak out. Your body shoots cortisol and adrenaline and you have an emotional response and you get fear. That is what an emotional response of fear is. Fight or flight, oh my gosh, survive. That's how our bodies are designed. But a feeling of fear that comes from the world, outside in now, a feeling of fear is actually a conscious choice to remain in that emotional state. It's a conscious choice to remain in that emotional state. Now it's influencing the mind. So now you watch that scary movie at the movie theater you saw that scary thing happen i don't recommend watching scary movies you're, you're just inviting demonic things in your life but you watch that scary movie at the movie theater you had that emotional visceral response in your body cortisol adrenaline okay and you saw that thing pop out of the closet and it surprised you it scared you in the movie then you go home three hours later you open your closet door it's three hours later you have no reason to have an emotional visceral response now but you have fear before even opening that door before even opening the closet door in your own safe private home you have fear because there's a conscious choice in your mind that you've come into agreement with based on an emotional experience that you had and that that thought is now influencing your perspective of closets are bad closets bring fear that's an agreement that you've now made because of the things that you've allowed to enter your mind from the outside world outside in, you are now being, being influenced. And when people say, don't make decisions based on your feelings, they're saying, don't make this, don't make decisions based on the things that you see in the world that are influencing your feelings. Here's the difference. When God influences your mind, which changes your perception, right? And that attaches to your emotion, your heart, desire, and the will, for your life wow you actually make decisions in the world that look different than other people might make right and so for example noel might make a decision instead of being fearful because she's been told by somebody if you don't have a job you're going to die or you're not going to get a job ever again or you're going to be broken on the street and unhappy and all these things of failure instead of doing that she's actually listening to holy spirit and holy spirit is influencing With Scripture, Holy Spirit influences our mind, our choices, our heart, our desires, and our will. And we are then making decisions in the outside world under the influence of Holy Spirit, who knows all, sees all. We are making decisions into the world about how we direct our life from the inside out, rather than letting the world direct how we feel and what decisions we make in our life causing us to be potentially in conflict, potentially in conflict with Holy Spirit and His leading. And that's exactly what Noelle's referencing when she says, I don't want to make a decision that just makes me feel more comfortable exerting control because I know that that's just me responding to the inputs of the world rather than Mm -hmm. me responding to the inputs of Holy Spirit's prompting, leading me out into my life. And I want to live led by Holy Spirit. I don't want to live letting the world lead me. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's so important guys for us to understand when she says feelings, know the difference because there Mm -hmm. is a difference. There is a difference.
1: Yeah. And you know, I'm seeing Gail's comment here about being in a season of learning how to discern God's voice. Um, and how to not, you know, how to feel emotions while not letting them control you. And I think that that's a such a good differentiation is emotions are not the enemy, it is okay to feel emotions. But a really awesome way to navigate that is to actually bring that into your prayer life and say, God, this is what I'm feeling. This is how I feel. But I'm willing to let your truth supersede the truth of what I'm experiencing. There is truth. And we often are not experiencing what is true. So we can actually come to God and say, I'm willing to submit all that I'm experiencing. Like guys, me losing my job was a very intense, real experience. There was a reality. (laughs) Where one day I had a paycheck and the next day I did not. And so there was an opportunity to say, you know, and I did not handle this perfectly by any means, but eventually I got to the point where I was able to come to God and say, okay, the reality is that I am afraid and I have stress and I feel overwhelmed by not knowing how to navigate this. And I would rather have your wisdom. I'd rather have your peace. I would rather have your ideas around what's true here. Um, And the verse actually that came to mind before we even hopped on this was in Galatians 4. And I was like, it's a verse about peace, but I don't know if that's really what we're talking about. But the verse actually starts off by saying, um, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then this is verse seven. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So he's not talking to people who are not anxious. (laughs) He's talking to followers of Christ who are experiencing anxiety and telling them, do not allow your anxiety to be the loudest voice in the room. And I would add to that, do not believe the lie. That is your job to navigate anxiety all on your own. That is a lie from the devil that you have to mit- fully manage your anxiety before you are allowed to enter into God's presence. The truth is that it's saying, hey, don't be anxious. Instead, bring all of yourself, including your emotions, to the foot of the cross and allow Jesus's peace to be the thing that guards you from anything that would come to harm you. And that includes all of that exterior, external stuff. So
0: that's the verse. Yeah. So good, yeah, I have Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in the comments there. And guys, I, I think something that's important is to recognize peace is guarding, which means there's an attack, right? Like, that we know that, that there's attack. And like, to walk through life not expecting that is not respecting the enemy, which in the art of war, that's like rule 101, is you don't have to, you don't have to bring honor to the opposition, mm-hmm. but respect the opposition, right? Now, position here is a kingdom of darkness coming against you, and that is a reality. Especially right now, we are feeling that people are feeling that in a personal way more than they've probably ever experienced. For many people, and you have to recognize that there is a reason for a guarding to happen. guarding, you don't guard something that does not have an expectation uh, for an attack or seizure. Something mm-hmm. that needs to be to be guarding. Yeah. Um, so and I- recognize, and it has to be of value like whatever, you wouldn't guard something that doesn't have value. And so recognize that you have value and your mind and your heart, your will, your soul, your being, your body, your spirit, right? They have value and God wants to guard that, right? God wants to guard that and protect that. And so just recognize it's sometimes helpful to remember. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not alone, uh, but you're also like of significant value. Mm -hmm. And God wants to, to, to protect what is valuable he wants to uh, keep what is valuable valued and Um, if uh, and um,
1: if it's okay with you i'll just pray right now because i know there's some people on this call uh resonating with it i know some people will be watching this live stream later and you know be like okay great like now what um Yeah, and Gail's saying, I've never thought of it like that, that peace is actually meant to guard something of value, um, which is you. Like, we're we're the thing of value and God actually sets peace peace up, the peace of Christ up as a guard. Um, And so I'll just pray right now, really simply, God, thank you for this conversation that you've brought up. Um, TJ and I didn't even know where this conversation would end up. And it's amazing to just see what you're bringing to light for all of us. And so God, I ask that anyone who's currently navigating noise, chaos, or anxiety in their mind or in their spirit, or even in their home environment, um, we just ask that you would come in and bring your peace. God, let your peace be the loudest voice in the room. Let it supersede anything that the enemy has set in motion to kill, steal, and destroy, we know that your peace can guard us. We know that it can protect us. Um, so, God, we just take all the all the emotions, all the big feels, as I call them, all the emotions, and we lay them at your feet and say, God, this is the reality I'm experiencing. Will you please? Give me your reality instead. I want to live in the reality of Christ. I want to live in the reality of peace. And we just thank you that that's available to us through Jesus Christ. We thank you that you've made peace and freedom available to
0: us through your son. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Noel. And we didn't even get to the whole story about after transition, then what happened and you waiting and, and navigating. But I think honestly, Good guys, story. like the point is that there doesn't need to be a conclusion for you to navigate the next mm-hmm. step on your journey. Okay. Like the point is the now and the process is the best and most important part. Cause we are not promised that the, the the end result Mm -hmm. here right you know one job to the next to the next we don't even know if we have five minutes
1: and i would i would just you know wrap this whole conversation up by sharing that you know fast forward three years and i can't say that life looks so incredibly different than it has but the confidence and the security that God has led me into as a result of this journey is greater than I've experienced in the past. I don't have all the answers around career and I definitely don't have all the answers around um, hearing his voice perfectly all the time, but I do know that he leads us well. And that's something that I've realized is like, wow, I'm not even fully responsible for leading myself, like God is so faithful. He's going to be the one to ensure that um, I have what I need, that I'm led into his presence, that when I show up in his presence, he meets me there. And I think that that, you know, a few years down the line to be kind of the culmination of this big transition is like, I can't even point to career wins as the outcome but I can point to God's presence and say, it was worth the uncomfortability of going through significant change and and letting him be the one to lead.
0: The things that he builds inside of us, the foundational things I believe are more important than the other things that maybe other people will eventually see. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I struggled with that for years of like, God, nobody's seen like the stuff you've done in my life. It's not even like, is that honoring? Like, is that like when I say nobody's seen like that should be that should be evident for people to see. Like, mm-hmm. I I know I feel it. I know I've lived it. I know I've had these miracle moments, but like what for what? Like, it's not just for me, but he's he's perfect in mm-hmm. his time. Amen. He is absolutely perfect in his timing. So just trust, trust whatever season you guys are in. There's a fall. After fall comes winter, and after winter comes spring, and after spring comes summer. And guess what comes after summer? Fall, and then winter, and then spring, and then summer. (laughs) And we all have different seasons. But guess what? They're repeating. Like some winters are longer, some winters are shorter. Some summers are great, some summers are hard. Right? There's there's just It's the story of our journey and, Mm -hmm. and our journey is not, we, I don't think we ought to be asking for our journey to be easier. Although that is a fair prayer. I've had that prayer. (laughs) I was like, oops. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we ought to be asking like, Lord, what do you have for me in whatever time I'm in right now? Mm -hmm. Like right now, what do you have for me right now? Because this is what I have. I have right now. And I want to know what you have for right now, because that's all I can manage. I can't, I can't, I can't the past. I can't do it. I, I can get a different perspective. That's about all I can do the, the future to be healthy, by the way, I can complain about it, but that's not healthy. The future I can worry, but that's not healthy either. So why don't I take what I have right now? You know, why don't I take what I have right now and just offer it to you, Lord, and say, this is yours. What do you want to do with whatever season of life I'm in right now, Mm -hmm. and um, and I think what I heard from Noel is just a a a genuine willingness to be teachable, to be led by God, Mm -hmm. and to recognize that there are times in our life when we have to seek to understand how we've contributed to the situation we're in and what is our part to take the next step, right? Mm -hmm. And what we can leave in God's hands. So I think for sure, you know, rest was a key for her journey and what she needed, but for other people, guess what? Rest might not be the key for you. You know, maybe rest has been the key and maybe it's turned into being lazy. And now you actually have to turn on the gas and like, actually go for something. You know, that, that could be your season. Uh, but I think for everybody learning the foundation of like the reality that God wants to work on the heart and work on the mind, and that those are of high value and importance to him, that your soul is of high value and importance to him as is your body, but that your soul, uh, and the renewal of your soul the restoration of your heart the renewal of your mind and the desires aligned with his desires for your life that is of the utmost importance for the plans he has for you for sure no matter where you are no matter what journey you're on um, and if you guys have any questions i 100 invite you to either send a message um and and you can write in the comments you can tag one of us um or you can send a message and just ask us for uh for more details about anything that we've covered today. So, Noel, thank you so much. You have been a huge blessing to Savannah and I in our lives. Um, <laughs> I, this story could continue for another five hours on this live stream. I'm ready by, for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I think it's time to eat and um, and also let everybody else let everybody else go for their evening. So, thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you.